Welcome to our Tignum Thoughtcast, where we get together with our clients and today, two of our experts to dig a little deeper into one of our sustainable human performance topics. I'm sitting here today with Tignum Chief Innovation Officer, Laura Penhall. Laura is one of our performance coaches, a member of our research and development team, and most important, a world record holder as she led four-woman cockless crew to row across the Pacific Ocean from San Francisco to Carnes, Australia. And speaking of Australia, I have one of our Australian coaches. I also have Chris Mails, who is our head of our, who was the head of our Tignum coaches, but now he leads our Asian Pacific and America's business development team. And Chris is a very experienced Tignum coach, a member of the Marshall Goldsmith 100 coaching group, and also a former competitive cricket player in Australia. So that'll bring an interesting perspective as we talk about our topic today. Um, and so just in case you're wondering, there is not an Australian link today. That's not why I brought you both together. Um, it's actually to talk about a new product that's out there called the Chat GPT, an open AI platform that everyone's talking about. And people are now using it to, to produce text, to produce articles, to produce white papers, blogs, all types of content. And for those of our listeners that aren't aware of it, and that is possible, although it is the buzz, you know, it's basically a fine-tuned language model that goes back and looks at everything on the internet, but not live internet. So it's always a little bit outdated. You might not realize that. And it's a method that uses human demonstrations to try to guide the model toward desired behavior that appears human. So the question we want to talk about today, and all of us have been talking about, how is this going to impact the information that our clients get around human performance? Because they could now maybe think that they can just go onto ChatGPT and type a question that normally a coach might answer, um, or they might get from an interaction with other clients. And so, Chris, I thought I would start with you. You know, as a human performance specialist for Tignum, what are some of your fears, and maybe even maybe some of your hopes that you might see from something an AI tool like ChatGPT? Yeah, thanks, Scott, first of all, for, for having me and, and great to be on here with Laura as well. Definitely no world records from my side, but but really glad to be joining you, Laura, here. Um, look, I think my biggest fear is, personally, um, when I can't tell that if I'm interacting with a bot or a real human, I get cynical. And I think in our space of sustainable human performance coaching, we work with a fairly cynical bunch of people already, um, these executives that have gone through so many leadership development courses in their time, they've done so many 360s and all these sorts of things. When they come to us for coaching, they want a really nuanced, personal approach um, to to make sense of their busy world. And I just don't know if ChatGPT and, and AI can do that for them yet. And I think it will just lead to more and more cynicism. Um, so that would be my biggest fear. Now, that's not to say, and by by no means am I, am I a chat GPT expert, and the power of this tool is 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 impressive, I must say. And uh, who knows, if this is chat GPT-3 that we're looking at right now, who knows what number 10 or number 30 is going to look like. Um, so there is exciting potential, and I get the buzz, but that would be my biggest fear is that if I don't know that I can fully trust that this person has experienced what I'm going through um, and that has very nuanced answers around my own situation and my own performance, that would start to make me worry. Yeah. So you, you know, you brought up the word nuance. So that kind of plays right to you, Laura, a little bit, because 
besides, you know, setting a world record and, and knowing everything that you know about human performance, you know, you've also been a key member of Mark Beaumont's world record endurance feats. So I could say, well, if this bot can capture all this information, couldn't it do what you do, which is plan an endurance event, which I use an endurance event because for our clients, their life is like an endurance event all the time. It seems like they're always working towards a key project or something, you know, as you think about it, you know, how do you see something like this being used or potentially misused? Yeah, no, it's, it's a great question. And I think first and foremost is that the way society is going, you know, and the way life is going is we will see more and more AI like this. It's now going to be embedded and part of our life and our future. So I think kind of it's good to come at it with some cynicism for sure, because there's it's not everything. Um, however, I think there are some basics within it that it is showing some good foundational awareness. So I think if we use it appropriately and we see what value we can draw from it from a basics of data, like kind of, you know, asking it a basic question, I think then the kind of, as Chris was saying, just not applying it for everything. So this is where that personal human feel, as Chris was talking about and what we gain from coaching is, you know, we do want to know the people that we're working with. We want to go shoulder to shoulder with people. We want to feel and we want to understand their whole holistic context and what what makes them tick and what their you know purpose is and, and kind of where they want to strive to get to. And I think with the AI as it is at the minute, it's all of that additional information coming in that is missed. And so, yes, you could plug in what's the performance plan I need to do to cycle around the world in 80 days, like for a Mark Beaumont. And it'll churn out potentially how free, you know, how much carbohydrate per kilo he needs to consume and the frequency of that and what those meals maybe potentially could look like or that fueling could look like. His hydration, it could look at, you know, potentially where he can make some gains in a speed perspective on his bike in aerodynamics, those sorts of things. The big bits for me and what my role was, was so much more than that. It was kind of, that was about 5% of what I did. Actually making sure he was, you know, I was sharing messages from his family, keeping him connected with, you know, what he needed to do with his sort of his wife and his kids. So he felt like, you know, he wasn't being challenged all the time and not being present and having their presence with him on the bike, you know, that gave him a performance gain, you know, that, that sort of emotional energy regain totally carried across into his performance just the same with kind of how we set about with our team dynamics on the on the cycle as well you know how everybody was interacting so there's so many multi-dimensional layers that I think we add as humans that we can see context we can ask questions in a more feel and personal way too and also just by seeing it with our own eyes there's some intuition that we naturally have and I think that's kind of where I'm, I don't, I can't see where I is going, you know, that's not my expertise, but I would challenge how it's going to really ha add that human intuition and feel with the whole big picture around different personality traits, culture, experience, you know, what makes us tick. Um, so I can see the benefit right now, but I think that's a big piece of what we still, we still add. Yeah. I mean, you use the word um, emotion and the nuance. And one of the things that AI naturally has to do is it somewhat sterilizes it. The good side of that is it can remove some bias because as humans, we all carry our bias and we're trying to confirm what we think. The downside is it probably won't know the nuance. I just think of a coaching situation that I'm in 
where I take so many things into account that I have to, and I'm even listening to the tone of the person's voice, which I know eventually AI probably will be able to um, disseminate, you know, but someone described um, a tool like this, AI, it's, it's essentially like a second year copyright writer. So in that sense, it gets the general information really well. So I could see a positive for our clients that are curious and want to just grow their awareness if they want a second year copyright writer or a high school paper on the subject, they could get that quickly, really quickly. I mean, we had fun, Chris, you remember we typed in what is sustainable human performance? Who is Tignum? Um, you know, questions like that. And we were like, wow, that's pretty good, actually. What is the difference between sustainable human performance and well-being or mindfulness? And it did a pretty good job of giving you the foundation. But how do you see, Chris, that a coach approaches those things to add more layers, to add more depth? And why would that possibly be so important to a client? Well, I like what you said before about not hear, not necessarily picking up the tone. And, and, and yes, maybe it will happen one day where it does kind of pick up tone in the spoken word. But you and I know, and Laura, you know this from your coaching as well, that when you're coaching someone, it's sometimes in the in-between, it's sometimes in the unspoken, the unsaid, which can never be detected, um, where you get a gut feeling that something's not quite right here or that we should take this conversation a different way. You know, one of my uh, favorite colleagues or, or a colleague that I that I deeply love, you know, reading from and listening to is Michael Bungay Stainer. And uh, we, we both come from Canberra, Australia, uh, which is a very small town, but he wrote the book called um, The Coaching Habit. And his second book was all around shutting down our advice monster. Now, when I look at ChatGPT, it's an advice monster. It wants to give you all this advice, but it doesn't really open up a conversation for you to be heard and for you to kind of speak um, I guess, and, and work through your own challenges. We know that in coaching conversations that are open-ended, that aren't defined by, by time, these sessions that we kind of sit down with our clients and really try to deeply understand, you know, where they're at and their problems, I think that's where we give our most value and pro provide our most value there. Um, I also, in preparation for this, Scott, I was listening to one of your last thoughtcasts. And you use the example of coaching someone that wanted to play with the idea of intermittent fasting, to experiment with intermittent fasting. And you said that, you know, initially you thought it would be a great idea, but it totally, they thought that it would be a great idea, but it totally ruined their metabolism. And there was such a nuance to that. And it made me think like it, nearly every one of our clients is in this kind of position where they need to kind of be their own study of one and not follow just generic even high performance information. Um, another one, another one that I was thinking about is when I go for a run around the, you know, a, 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 around the kind of local neighborhood here, if I'm wearing one of my wearables, often it's going to bling and ding at me saying that I'm kind of getting outside my optimal, you know, maximum heart rate that I should be for my age, but I feel fine. And as we look at some of the most highest performing training centers in the world, whether it's the, you know, the AIS, the Australian Institute of Sport, um, or if it's EXOS here in the States that we've had a great relationship with based out of Phoenix, similar to our Tignum uh, headquarters here in the US. Sometimes the more nuanced these coaches are, they go back and they used they use a really simple uh, method of understanding where this person training is at, and it's called the rate of perceived exertion. It's actually getting away from the things that bling and ding at you. It's getting away from technology 
and it's going more on the feeling of the person. And I think that's quite appropriate right now when we talk about like these coaching conversations that we have, like let's really understand what that person is feeling in that moment. Yeah. I like that a lot. And I know, um, Laura, one of the things that we're always trying to develop in our clients when we're coaching them is a deeper awareness. Um, I think you call it body literacy, right? And the other then is critical thinking. Like, don't just take this information for face value, challenge it. And the the epitome of that is, of course, you go to a group exercise class and the instructor knows nothing about you, but yet they do know a lot about exercise, but they have 12 people in there and they can't really pay attention to the nuance on you. And in fact, they also don't teach you to learn to become aware of the nuance to you so that you can self-adjust. They just run everybody through the class. And in that way, it's fun. And there might be some benefit to fitness, but there also could be a detriment in that, oh, you didn't know that I have this uh, sore shoulder today and now you just irritated it. That's going to set me back two weeks and I won't be able to exercise. So how do you see um, maybe the two coming together and us or the coach still being able to add deeper awareness and critical thinking might be my question. Yeah, no, I think it's a great question. And and going back, Chris, I think that you're absolutely spot on, you know, and connecting both of those thoughts there that you've both shared, that sense of feel, this body literacy is something yeah, I hop on about a lot. Like, I think this is where I can see the combination of the two coming in, that if people are reaching out and asking questions and starting just to learn a little bit more about, well, actually, I'm feeling this at this point in the day, at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, I like every time I start to feel tired, why is that? And you ask that to the chat GPT and it says, well, have you looked at your blood sugars, for instance, or when you fueled, or like how well did you sleep last night? If it's giving that sort of information, then it starts to help individuals to then question and go, oh, that's interesting. You know, it makes you look more internally, then brilliant. I think that's a good starting point and a foundation. Combine that then with the coach that it's given some basics of awareness of what could be causing something. But like you've just said there, Scott, in we're not taking it for verbatim, like you then still continue to ask questions about it. If you then take it that, oh, okay, this is making me aware, maybe there is something around my fueling, or is it my sleep, or is it I'm dehydrated, or, you know, is it my load that I've got on throughout the day, or is it my emotional fatigue? Like, if it's starting to help you to ask those questions, but you then ask those questions to a coach, and then that coach can be working through with you, well, what's happening at this point, and what are you actually, you know, and we the coach works with you with the detail, and then again, helps you. We're building that body literacy in a really nicely combined way. And I think this is kind of, you know, we, we've used a good example previously of like Nims Perger, where he's successfully, you know, summited all the, the major peaks in the world in, in a world record attempt. And he states in that podcast, right, Scott, about actually the people that he would support and take it to are not necessarily those disciplines like drivers that kind of don't sort of ask the questions and aren't aware of their limitations he's like those people are dangerous and I think the application I'm trying to and the parallel I'm trying to make with this is with the chat GPT and the sort of the AI that's out there if we're going to take stuff so like it's told me this that this has to be the way and this is the program I've been giving and I'm following this to the nth degree 
that's where we're going to fall short of it. But if we can take it and it allows us to ask more questions of ourselves and facilitate that with a coach, that's where I think it's is a huge, huge value going forwards. Yeah. So speaking of that, you know, at Tignum, we believe that the foundation of all human behavior change and actually of actually achieving personal readiness and sustainable human performance is our opportunity to recreate our own self-image. And we have an AI version that helps people create a self-image for themselves in five minutes. It's almost a perfect example of exactly what we're talking about. On one hand, it cuts through hours of you know layer after layer and gets you to someplace quickly, which is super helpful. But on the other hand, it doesn't help you become your self-image. <laughs> so it, it captures a few words and it captures a few kind of uh, processes and it nails it down. But Chris, maybe you could add a little bit of color to then what, what, what do we do with that AI created self-image to actually take it to the next level that a bot can't do? Yeah, great point. Like you're, you're right within Tignamex and even within, you know, our coaching, we, we do use these smart algorithms for, for a couple of different things. The to be vision being one, the mindset shifter being another one where you kind of reframe some, some uh, low performance thoughts that come into your, uh, come into your head and you, you shift your mindset back to this uh, to be vision that you've created, you showing up at your best. Uh, and then another one is is the three-dimensional um, recovery model that we have. So so we are kind of using some of this stuff to our advantage. But back to the to-be vision, I always think and I always encourage my clients at least, and I know you know all our coaches do the same, to take this um, auto-generated version that they first have and really recreate it in their own language. And, and why that's important is because you need to own it. You need to kind of own it yourself, write it yourself, so that you fully believe that you can show up as that person. And if you look at any of the habit change literature that's out there, whether it's you know James Clear or, or, or The Power of Habit from Charles Duhigg or, or anything that's kind of led up to their work um, over the last decade, there's a central piece that you need to become, you need to change your identity first. You need to start believing that you are that person. And then you need to start making the choices that align with you showing up that way. So I think, first of all, the emotion that's connected to you writing it out yourself, not just being auto-generated, as you said, it gets you, you know, a fair few steps down the line, but you being able to recreate it in your own words, kind of in your own sentence structures that you like to use so that your brain believes that you are that person and that you can show up that way, both at work, as a leader, at home, in all your different life roles, I think is, uh, I think is really, really important. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So to kind of wrap this up, what I thought might be kind of fun, if there were one magic question that AI could answer for you, what would it be? And I'll start to give you guys a second to think about it. So for me, why is it that some nights I can get a great night's sleep? My aura ring data says I had a great night's sleep. My readiness is off the charts. And yet I still feel lethargic I still feel a little bit lazy. I still feel like I don't have the energy I want. And other days I wake up, my readiness is horrible. My sleep wasn't great. I feel like a million bucks. Now I know part of the answer could be adrenaline, but it can't, I'm 61. My, my kidneys can't pump out that much adrenaline. My adrenal glands aren't that, that miraculous. I would love one day for AI to be able to look at all the probably billions of 
metabolic things that are going on in my body and to be able to tell me, Scott, this is the one reason or two reasons that that's happening. So that's what I'm waiting for is AI to be able to answer that. So Laura, any thoughts from you? <laughs> well, apart from asking AI, how can you make a million pounds within like two hours or something? <laughs> <laughs> Um, though I think kind of, you know, what you're asking there is a perfect example, like connecting, it goes back to that feel, right? But um, definitely those those times when I'm hugely unmotivated to do exercise. And yet, then if I do finally overcome that, and I do it, like, I end up having the best session ever. But if I only knew that <laughs> before, like, I most probably would get a little bit closer, and I wouldn't procrastinate so far. So could it predict like, a bit sooner how I'm going to feel <laughs> in that future session I don't know if that answers your question but off the cuff that's those are the, my two how to make a million quid and how can I exercise with greater motivation when I'm unmotivated <laughs> no but it's actually an interesting one because sometimes you're unmotivated because you're overtrained or you're unmotivated because you're getting ill and so actually what you feel is an alarm to tell you today's probably not the day to crush it but like you said you find that some days you push through that and you've never felt better, and you didn't overtrain, and you didn't get sick. What was the difference? It's exactly the complexity of the human body, which also, by the way, is the nuance of what we've been discussing. So, Chris, how about for you? Well, even before I answer that, like, like what I would, what I would do with that, you know, what you said, Scott, is um, just reminds me of of just a topic that we talk about so much, and that's the power of mindset. You can wake up and you can be totally refreshed, but you don't feel that way. You can uh, your aura ring could be really low in terms of your readiness, but you feel great, and it all comes down to your personal mindset. I know many times um, when we coach clients, they've travelled across the world, they're extremely jet lagged, but guess what? They're super excited to drive an impact at that conference, at that event, and for them, looking at their data could only maybe. Um, kind of disempower them for that event. They want to go off the back of that excitement, kind of disregard some of these, um, some of this kind of wearable information that they may be getting. And sometimes it's vice versa. You know, sometimes, as you said, your, your readiness is high, but you, you know, your mindset's just not quite there. It's a little bit similar to the the rate of perceived exertion example that I gave before compared to like this maximum heart rate. So that that I think just points back to the power of mindset, which which. I think is is speaks volumes to the nuances that we've discussed already so far. Um, in terms of the one question, I would love to kind of work out on my to-do list, how to kind of reshape my to-do list based on when other stakeholders need the things that I need to do, right? Like that would be interesting. <laughs> like I've got five proposals to write to, to develop this business over here in Asia Pacific, or I need to get this kind of blog done. Like who needs what by when and generate that to-do list for me in a succinct way, that would be great. And a perfect work plan based on everything else that you need to get done. I'd love that. And then maybe even better based on the time of day that you have the most cognitive power to be the most creative to do it. That's a really, really good one. So I think a great place to wrap this up because I think you just hit a nail on the head so well, Chris. The place that technology and algorithms and AI will probably never be able to solve as a human mindset. You know, Laura, you and I have had the conversation so many times about the idea of rowing across the Pacific Ocean, having no support boat next to you, so no safety net to catch you. 
having to row for two hours on, two hours off for essentially nine months straight, that I see it as this huge physical challenge. And you always say, no, the physical part is totally doable. It's a mental challenge. It's the mindset. And and even the the your the way you chose your team was not based on who was the best rower. It was based on who had the mindset to be able to collaborate, to be able to problem solve, who had the resilience to bounce back, who had the belief to be able to do it, who could manage their inner dialogue, who had the compassion and empathy to support other people. How will AI ever solve for that? How will an algorithm write the perfect prescription for you to do that? That I don't think is possible. So thanks so much, you guys, for sharing your insights. I found this really, really helpful. And um, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to the future to see where uh, algorithms, intelligence, AI come together with the human touch and nuance. And I think it's going to be an incredible world. Agreed. Thanks for having Scott. Great times. Cheers. Thanks, Scott. We hope you found that discussion in this ThoughtCast helpful as we talked about how the future of AI and some of these chatbots can actually influence our own performance and the way we gather information. Remember at Tignum, our job, our goal is always to help you become a sustainable human performer, to have a high performance mindset and to be personally ready. And one of the things you need for that is a deeper awareness and a better ability to be a critical thinker. So while chat bots can really help us rapidly gather information, we can't allow that just to create a confirmation bias. We have to challenge that. So my challenge to you, a couple of reflection questions for you is, how could you use some of the AI that's out there now to actually learn more and pique your awareness to take you to the next level where you might then wanna create the nuance yourself? And then number two, how could you be more careful that you don't automatically buy in to what a chat bot or a chat GPT might create for you and assume that it's true? How can you challenge it even with your own experience, your own knowledge, maybe your own resources to find out how you can take the level of knowledge even deeper? Once again, at Tignum, our job is to help you get personally ready so you can rule your impact so that you can get stronger even if you have an extreme job. So hope you have a great week and we'll see you on the next ThoughtCast.